I'm delighted to say that uh, joining me on the Godcast today is Dimi Constantopoulos, who is um, uh, very well known for his wonderful career in football. He uh, was a goalkeeper and he's currently the goalkeeping coach for Hartlepool United. Are going quite well at the moment, Dimi. You must be very pleased. Yes, yes, we are uh, for a newly promoted side and uh, with a squad we've got, obviously not the biggest budget. And uh, despite all that, we're doing really well. We're in the top seven, and uh, you know we're looking to push from there. But it's going to be it's going to be a long, hard season. But yeah. so far, so good. Yeah, and you live up there, do you? You live near Hartlepool. Yes, I live here. My wife is from Hartlepool, and my family's here. So yeah, I'm quite settled in the area for for quite a few years. Okay, so so when you when you set out in your career, Dimi, did you did you ever think that you'd be playing uh, for Hartlepool United or Middlesbrough or, or or even in the UK? What was your kind of game plan before it all started? No, um, since I was young, because I was I was very intrigued with the the English football, and uh, I was a uh, I was a Man United fan, uh, watching Peter Schmeichel was my idol. And as I was growing up, I was I always had this urge to, if I could, try and uh, try myself in the, in England. This opportunity came through Harlepool United. I didn't didn't know much much about them then. I just wanted to be, you know, in, in English football, and I got this opportunity, and you know, it worked quite well. Yeah, I mean the, the Premier League is on another level now. But was was English football popular when you were a kid growing up? Was was the well would it, would it be, would have been the Premier League, wouldn't it? Would you, was it popular when you were a boy? Yeah, of course. It's especially obviously now it's even more popular with all the coverage and the you know the TV channels and the games that are being shown on, on the TV. But back then, obviously the the, the big teams, Man United, Liverpool. Uh, Arsenal were the, the biggest names and playing in Europe and they had quite a bit of following as well uh, in Greece as they do in all over the world. So yeah. yeah, my dad was a big fan of George Best and a fan of Man United and I started watching them and I became a fan of uh, Peter Schmeichel and it carried on. Yeah, uh, I was quite fortunate to meet George Best very briefly at a, some corporate thing that I was part of years ago, but Let's just go back a bit further, Dimi. So you 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 grew up in in Greece. What was what was childhood your childhood like? Was it a, 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 does it bring back fond memories for you? Yeah, it was it was fantastic. You know, my my family. Uh, well, we, we settled in Thessaloniki. I was born there, uh, and uh, you know, it was very easy going uh, childhood. Uh, loads of fun. Both my parents were very supportive through my football start, and uh, you know, they, my dad would follow me everywhere. And uh, yeah, I was I never had any 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 problems with our respect. And they told me as as long as you like what you're doing, you know, just keep doing it. And uh, yeah, and as we say, when we're older, uh, I wish I could go back to those years sometimes. You know. <laughs> yeah. Did you always want to be a, a goalkeeper? Well, was there any possibility that you'd be an outfield player or, or was, was playing in the nets always your intention? Um, since since I was very, very little, I liked to have the ball in my hands. Uh, my mum noticed that first. Uh, she actually wrote in a book saying that he might become a goalkeeper and she's still bragging about it now. <laughs> and, uh, 
But as you're growing up, you're experimenting, you know, you play different positions at school. But I always had a, a knack for being in goal and diving around. I think it's a special sort of mindset to be a goalkeeper. It's a completely different position from all all the rest. Uh, so you have to have a different mentality. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I used to enjoy it then. I enjoy it even today. Yeah. Uh, was there ever a backup plan, Dimi, that if it didn't work out, you know, we... That were the designs on you being a doctor or you know gone into some other profession yeah my parents are both uh you know been to university my dad is a is a phd in economics my mom was a teacher uh, they they wanted me to carry on with my studies but then from uh, early age from 16 i got involved seriously with the national teams uh, under 14s in greece under 17s and 23s so that became a full-time thing for me because uh, it occupies a lot of your time. Um, but since I remember my, myself, which is a bit naive thinking about it now, uh, I never thought that I wouldn't become, uh, this wouldn't be my job, which it's not easy to, to do. But at the time, you know, maybe lack of sense of, uh, of danger or fear or whatever you can call it. I always thought that's what I like to do. That's what I'll be doing when I grow up. And I was lucky, you know, to... To succeed doing that, yeah. And Dimi, can I can I ask? Was um, growing up was the was uh, your family a religious family? Was was church part of your young life or not? Yes, uh, in Greece, we as you know, we're Christian Orthodox. Uh, we you know we used to go to the church. We go to church uh, pretty much uh, throughout the year and Easter, uh, Christmas, and and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, my mom is more a bit more uh religious uh so yeah we, we both me and my sister we were we were bred in, into the christian uh, orthodox religion yeah and it, as as the family ever taken in the the uh greek orthodox church in the uk i mean i'm aware that it's 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 not everywhere but it's usually in the big cities is that something you've come across yeah there is uh one in middlesbrough uh I think obviously in Leeds as well, uh, which I've been a couple of times. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's massive differences between, you know, we're all Christians, I think, uh, at the end of the day. Uh, so for me, it's, it's a matter of obviously what you personally believe in. Um, you know, if you, if, if you feel a connection, uh, it's, it's, it's down to the individual. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go back to the footy and, and you um, tell us about getting your first pro deal, Dimmy. What was that like? What, can you remember that occasion? Yeah, that was uh, my first. I was 17, was a League One club in, in Greece and I just moved there and it was a you know, professional deal and obviously I still remember my mum and dad were there when I was signing. Uh, it was good. It was, uh, it was a different feeling, although... When you're young, all you care about is being on the pitch and just playing football. But I knew then that things are, were becoming serious and uh, this could be my my job for the foreseeable future in my career. So, yeah, I just had to be carry on being dedicated and, you know, focused on improving. And uh, I, I was lucky enough to work with, with great coaches and, and managers, especially my first manager in that league one football he's taught me a lot and uh 
What did he teach you, Jimmy? What what did what what did what did you pick up from him? What what made him so special? He, because I went there as a raw material, basically, uh, like a tall boy with you know handling good handling ability, but all the technical aspects he used to pick me up from my house two hours before every training session. I'd work with him alone, and then I'd work with the team as well. So that was nearly every day. And it taught me a lot of uh, my technique, and uh, which was advanced for that time, you know, using the feet and all that, uh, which I carried through my career. Yeah. And and when you got your pro deal, we, did you have to move away from home at that point, or were you still at home? Or no, no, it was a it was a club, a local club in the in Thessaloniki, but I only managed to play for six months there because I signed in the summer. And in the in January, I got uh, I got sold. I got a transfer to the Premier League in Greece, which was uh, Kalamata, uh, which was my dad's birthplace, and it was quite convenient because he had relatives there. So it worked all right in that respect. Yeah, I asked you that because I've I've interviewed quite a few footballers, and and they all seem to be quite homebirds. Actually, they're quite you know they they don't like being too far away from the parents. So when you actually get the move away. It's been a bit of a struggle for some of them and, and some of them have moved back. But then, then you headed out to Portugal. Is that right, Demi? You went to Portugal after that? Yeah, I think I'm 20, 20 years old or 21. I don't, I can't remember. Yes, I, I wanted to try to play abroad. And obviously my fair choice was uh, was England, but you know, there was no options at the time. So the, the, the option I had was Portugal. So I went out there. Uh, I had a trial and I signed for for uh, but it turned out not very good because the club was in deep financial pro uh, troubles. Uh, there was problems paying players for for a long time, and I and I had to to leave uh, after nearly nearly a year. Uh, and then obviously the Hollywood United option came up, and I just took it. Were you, at that point, Timmy, were you were you quite concerned about? Did did you have concerns about your career? Thinking well. Because you you had quite a few clubs as a young guy, didn't you? Before you kind of settled at Borough, but you know, were you kind of thinking, "Oh God, I'm on the move again here." It's like, when am I going to find somewhere I can call home? Were you were you anxious about your game at that point? No, as I said, I just wanted to play. You know, I didn't care where would I be. Uh, I just wanted to be somewhere that I'd be happy with my football uh, and uh, enjoy. My football. Other than that, I wasn't really bothered about the external parts or how far I'll be from home. I guess it's on the individual, you know, what mm. you know, your character and some people get homesick or they need to be closer and that's choices that you make. But for me, it was a case of enjoying football, wherever that may be. So how, how did that move come about to Hartlepool then? It must have been... Well, it's a bit random, isn't it, to be, to be fair? So, so just tell us a bit. It gives an insight into what happened there. It's a strange one because at the time I was in Spain, I was trialing for a second division championship club in in Spain. It was a late summer. It was doing really well, and uh, the whole thing was was looking really good. And they wanted me to to sign a deal, but the night before I was going to sign the deal in the morning, I got a call from this agent telling me that there's this club in England called Hollywood United. They wanted to have a look at me, and I decided to get up and leave early in the morning, go catch the train, 
to uh, Malaga without noti notifying anyone in the Spanish club. They were looking for me the next day. And I was on the, on the flight to Hollywood and I landed in the northeast seaside. And uh, <laughs> yeah, since then the, the journey started. <laughs> You're laughing because, you know, I mean, I know it's a bit different to Portugal, isn't it? Um, the temperature, oh, yeah. if nothing else, the temperature. But, but so you land at Hartlepool United, and it, what? You go and have a look around the ground and the training facilities. No, they took me straight to the hotel and they told me someone was picking me. We were going to pick me up for training the next day. Uh, I, I, it was a bit different because I was in Spain in a good club uh, in a five-star hotel with everything sorted, ready to sign. And I landed here and I was put in a small bed and breakfast hotel. And, uh, you know, it was a bit a bit, bit strange, but it, it didn't bother me because I was there. I was in England and I was, you know, I was getting my chance to prove myself. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a few weeks traveling in Hollywood, then I signed my first short-term deal. And then after that, it just became permanent. Did you settle quite quickly when you, when you, when it became permanent, did, did, you know, or was it a struggle? Settling in the northeast? No, no, not at all. I was lucky to be in a era of the club that the, the togetherness of the squad was really strong. The lads were all all brilliant. Uh, I felt I felt settled straight away. Uh, I was welcomed in the squad. Uh, yeah, it, it sort of you know the adjustment period was was a lot shorter for me. Uh, and after that, obviously. After the first period that you need to adjust, I was I was fine, you know, I wasn't bothered at all, you know. It, it was like I was being at home. Mm. And was it was it Neil Cooper, the gaffer, that brought you to to Hartlepool? Is that right? Yeah, Neil Cooper, which who I first when I first met, I could speak I could speak English, but uh, I couldn't speak Scottish. So when he started, <laughs> started speaking to me, I couldn't understand anything he was saying, and I thought something's wrong with my English, but. Slowly adjusted. And and do you think your game developed coming to Hartlepool? Do you think you became a better goalkeeper? That you know you were you were playing regular then, weren't you? You played nearly 140 odd games, I think, for Hartlepool. Was did, did you feel your game was coming on all the time? Yes, uh, it was after the adjustment period. You know, because the game, uh, comparing to the rest of Europe, is is, is faster, is stronger, is more challenges. So after I realized that this is what I had to be uh, more careful about. Uh, it was it was easy, not easy, but it was it was normal for me. And you know, I kept working hard to improve what I had to improve. Again, I had some good co coaches who uh, I took stuff from and uh, I benefited from. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was a normal progression. So, so as the seasons were rolling on, were you kind of thinking, well? Maybe it's time for me to see what else is out there and see if I can ply my trade at a higher level. Or, or, or were people scouting you by that point and, and your name was, you know, kind of on the radar of a number of clubs? Yeah, um, through my seasons at Hollywood, there was quite a bit of interest from, from clubs higher up. But Hollywood were not... Um, uh, weren't uh, they didn't want to negotiate with anyone about selling me uh, so it was always a no uh, then I never I never had a problem with that you know it was I thought you know I keep doing what I'm doing and if something comes will come 
But then I was like, coming to the end of my contract with Hannibal and uh, there was a lot of interest from championship clubs. Uh, one of them was Coventry. And I weighed my options and I, I, I thought that was a chance. If I wanted to play higher, it, wasn't, it was time for me to try to play higher. So yeah, I took this opportunity to sign for Coventry. And how did and and uh, in hindsight was that the right thing to do? Do, do you do you, do you take that? Did you take that as another learning curve, or or were there any regrets about leaving Hartlepool? No, no regrets because you don't know how it was it would it would have gone if you if I had signed for someone else. So yeah, I chose Coventry. Uh, the project was was good. The manager, you know, I spoke to him a few times. Ian Dowie, the goalkeeping coach. Uh, um, oh, what is his name? Legend played for Blackburn, uh, and uh, yeah, that that was my uh, my my choice. Uh, obviously, I didn't play as much as I wanted. I would I would have liked to play. Uh, that was through injury most of the time because I had a bad yeah. injury, my Achilles, and I had to stay out for about eight months. And after that, it's hard to get back in the team. Uh, but I, I still got my my, my games and I went alone to Cardiff and to Swansea. I uh, played some games there. And uh, yeah, overall, he added to my experience and to my constant need of improvement. I'm intrigued to know who the goalie coach was now. I'm trying because Blackburn is just. Sorry? Tim Flowers. Tim, Tim Flowers, Flowers. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to think, I was, I was thinking Terry Geno, but that was before. Yeah, Tim Flowers. Yeah. 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 Was Steve Grizovic still around at Coventry in those days? Yes. After uh, Tim, uh, obviously, and Tim left, uh, Steve became the the first time goalkeeping coach and was with him for a year and a half. Very good coach and very good man. And and with Tim Flowers, now you mentioned it, he, he was an outstanding goalkeeper. What did he What did he actually teach you, Demi? What was the difference? I often wonder what is the difference between the guys who play at the really top level um, and those who play in the low low leagues and those who don't quite make it as pros? I think, um, obviously, to be to become a top level as a player, you must you need to have that something extra uh, and that you can carry it on being a coach, uh, your knowledge for the, for the game and the technical aspects. Don't get me wrong, there's many coaches who became top coaches and not have played in the top level. Uh, but I think it definitely helps to have played against better players, with better players. Uh, that gives you different different ideas, uh, different uh, ways to approach the position. So, yeah, I think Tim had a, it was a, had a great experience as a player and he had a great personality as well and he could bring that... Uh, to to the training, uh, and I think it's important as well to have this being able to man manage uh, the mentality of a goalkeeper in every position. But goalkeeping, I think it's even more uh, relying on, uh, on the mentality because it's about confidence. Yeah, and and then and then after these moves that you'd had, you, you headed back to Greece. Uh, when you kind of went back to Greece, did you think that was you saying goodbye to England? Um, do you think your time was done in England and, and you know, Greece was your future? No, not really. It was another step and there was another option that I had. And because the club that I signed, uh, it was newly promoted in the Premier League in Greece and 
the chief executive there had experience from uh, English football as well. Um, so I saw it as a challenge. Uh, and it actually worked quite well for me because I, I had a great season and I got selected for the national team. I got my caps and uh, after that I got to move to a big club in Greece, uh, AK Athens. Uh, so, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a closing the door to England because I always, you know, I'll always have that link because my wife's from, from England and I've, and I've played many years in English football. But it was just a new challenge and I thought I'd, I'd give it a go. And it, I'm... I'm grateful that I took it because it broadened my my experience and my view in football in general. Just, I'm 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 interested to know about Greek football, Dimi, because there's quite a lot of big big clubs in Greece, aren't they? And and AK Athens are certainly one of them. What what was it like playing for a club of that stature and with that kind of? I'm I'm right in saying the fans are quite fanatical out there, aren't they? Yes, no, it's a. It is uh, more pressure because you're required to be top of your game in every game. Uh, the expectations are higher. The first season that I was there, it was spot on because we had a good team, we had good good players, and uh, we could we could meet those expectations. Um, we, we played in Europa League games and you know really really well. I was I was lucky to play with big names, Eddie Good Johnson. A lot of players who played in the national team in Greece and played abroad as well, Dallas and and others. And um, second second season, everyone left because of the problems they had financially. I stayed, thinking that I don't want to abandon ship and I wanted to help. And we had to rely on many young lads who couldn't take the pressure, and it wasn't very very good season. And just tell us about the fan base there. It's it's brilliant. It's, it's it's a big club and it's got fantastic following. Uh, they can when the team's playing well, they can fill the stadium of eighty thousand, no problem. Yeah, uh, they're very passionate, uh, but they're also very demanding as any any big club. Mm. So yeah, they will follow the team. Uh, but then you, as a footballer, you have to you have to be able to absorb that pressure and and make it into performances. And not many players can do that. Yeah, and just just a bit quickly on the history, Dimmy, about Athens. I, you know, I've got family connections um, to Greece, and were you were you aware of those kind of Constantinople connections with the club? Is it is it something that's kind of pumped into you when you arrive, or, or were you already aware of, of of the club stature? No, no, of course I was aware. You're aware since uh, when you're a kid about the the roots of, uh, of the big clubs. Uh, it, it's it's also Pauk uh, the same roots. Uh, in, in my hometown, Salonika, from uh, Constantinople. Um, yeah, of course, I knew, I knew that. And there is a special uh, feeling to this club because of this, because of the, uh, you know, those years that people had to migrate back to Greece and all that. There's a, a very uh, strong link and connection uh, amongst the fans. And I don't want to get, I don't want to get too political on this, but it's just out of interest to in me that. Well, what what's the feeling from from people in Greece towards uh, what is now regarded as Istanbul? What what would you say relations are like? Is there kind of a is there kind of a, a bitterness that's in the country towards what happened there all those years ago, or just what, just give us an insight if you would? 
there all there always be a little bit because obviously through throughout the history those two nations had a conflict. Um, but I don't think people are so they're not they're certainly not fanatical about it. Uh, you know, as long as you know they will keep out of each other's business. Really, it's not it's not a problem. And I think that's the same for the for, for the Turkish uh, people. Um, but there's always this. Obviously, you learn through history, in history books, and in school that you know these these lands were ours and the way we lost them and, and all that stuff. But I, I don't think there's there's a problem between the nations. Yeah, and just for anybody who's watching this, just to just just to make you aware that that uh, AK Athens was kind of like known as the refugee club of people coming from Constantinople. That's correct, Dimi, isn't it? Just correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but that was, that was kind of the general understanding. And I asked the question because uh, my uh, my great-grandfather was uh, from Constantinople. So let's get back to the footy, Dimi. So you you play 40-odd games out in, in Athens, and then you come back to Borough where you, you, you I suppose, you, you, you know, you, you had some longe longevity there and you stayed there for a while. Was Were they great, great times or a fantastic club? Yeah, um, yeah, I was. I had finished from from uh, from AK Athens my contract, and I was back here in England. And the goalkeeping coach back there, Stephen Pierce, uh, knew me. They needed a goalkeeper because of an injury. You know, I was I was supposed to be going there as a short-term deal cover, uh, but I walked my way, and I, I always had confidence that, given the chance, I, I can I can prove myself. And it happened, and I ended up staying six six seasons, which were very, very enjoyable. Managed to, you know, get in the Premier League and break all defensive records of the, of the club's history. Uh, I was lucky to be in a great squad of players, and uh, yeah, it was really, really good, uh, really good times. What What was the highlight for your time at Borough? Of course, you know, if you have to pick one, it's it's the last game of the championship season against Brighton where, you know, the anticipation and the uh, and the feeling before the game was, the pressure was immense, you know, because it was like a final. And obviously getting the promotion and getting the result we wanted in the end and obviously the, the final whistle coming with the ball in my hands after the last was uh, the, the last kick of the game. It's yes. something that you know, you'll always remember. Uh, and why do you why do you think Borough have not been able to get back, Dimmy? Because um, you know, to, to, from outside looking in down here in Burnley as a Burnley fan, you know, it's not like um it's Steve Gibson, isn't it? Is it still Steve Gibson, the guy? Yeah. He yeah. He, he certainly threw some money at it, didn't he? What what did you do you just think it was you know there's a particular reason why you think they've not got back since those days? I think for a club to be successful, especially in, in being able to, uh, you know, get promoted from the championship, which I think is one of the hardest, if not the hardest, league in the in the world. Uh, it's a lot of things that they have to fall into place. Uh, if a couple is not there, or one or two are not there, it's hard. It's not just the money you you have to put in; it's to find the right, to do the right recruitment and. From, from manager to players, um, the atmosphere has to be there. The connection with the with the fans, which it's always been spot on at Millersbrook. But I think uh, you know it was we got close after the after we got 
relegated back to the championship the next couple of seasons uh, through playoffs especially but uh, yeah after that you need a period to regroup I think and that's what Boro are doing now yeah and you 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 went some years how old, how old were you Dimi, when you finally retired you, you're not that long retired are you no, no I was 41 when I retired last year was was that tough to to finally give it up yeah it is a little bit but when when you see it coming and you preparing uh, yourself for it and you sort of know that you're going to stay in football uh, in a different capacity it sort of makes it easier but it is it is a it is a strange um difference in your everyday routine obviously you use 20 odd years to be doing the same thing to you know go to training and, and being looked after in a different way, uh, it makes it a bit different. And uh, but again, you adjust. You you adjust uh, those things in your life. Yeah, and now you're under the kind of stewardship of Dave Challoner, who, who, um, you know, I'm, I'm in Lancashire, and and uh, and uh, he was the gaffer at uh, AFC Filed, and um, you know, I think there was a bit of shock when he lost his job there because he was doing a really Fantastic job. Are you, are you enjoy working with Dave? Yeah, of course. It's I think uh, our coaching staff is the uh, it's major plays major part in our uh, position right now in the league because, uh, as I said, we didn't have the biggest budget. Uh, we couldn't throw money at the at this league, so you rely on the the squad you've got uh, and the coaching staff to do a good job. And obviously, Dave is. Very, um, uh, is a perfectionist. He wants things to be to be done properly, and that mentality transmits to the players, and that's what we're trying to do. And so far, we're doing it. We're doing it all right. Yeah. So, how many how many goalkeepers do you look after then, Dimi? How far how far down the? Yeah. I've got three in the first team, and then I do uh, the the academy, the under 19s, a uh, couple of times a week. So. About six, and you do you feel you've got some good potential there to work with as well? Yes, definitely, definitely. The uh, first team keepers are really, really great keepers. Both of them, both the senior ones, because we have a uh, our number three is uh, Patrick is is a young lad who signed. She has great potential in him, but the the two Ben Killip and uh, Johnny Mitchell. Unbelievable pros. They they both want to work and, and improve. Training is very enjoyable, and uh, there's competition between them, which makes them uh, become better. Yeah, and just looking at the prime, I mean, we, we've got Nick Pope, who I'm sure you you rate quite highly. But, but have you got a, a a couple of goalies in the Premier League that you you think are uh, head and shoulders above the rest? Uh, obviously, yeah. Nick is is one of the top. Uh, English goalkeepers uh, at the minute, and he's and he's proved that, and he's not. It didn't come, you know. It wasn't handed to him. He had to buy his time. He had to get in and take the opportunity when he when he started playing. And he did that really, really well, and he, he developed into an all-around top goalkeeper. Um, but I think at the minute I would pick the as a top two. I'd say Edison and Allison. Uh, because the all-around game, it's just not 
know, on a goalkeeper, it's just it's not just you know just saving balls and you know kicking it far. It's the whole management of the game and the calmness that they transmit. And these two, I think, apart from the fact that they're really good shot stoppers, their all-around game as a kicking and passing and all that, it's it's spot on. And that's why they're the level they are. Yeah. And just um just with your experience in the game, Dimi, just a comment on on Burnley, because a lot of guys who watch this are Burnley fans. Are you, are you, have you been impressed with them? How they've managed to stay in the Premier League? season after season, and obviously I've got a bit of a scrap on the hands this year, but you, you must be impressed with Sean Dyche and what he's done at Burnley. Of course. I had, uh, I had some great battles uh, against Burnley. When I was playing for Middlesbrough, one of my best games, one of my best games for Middlesbrough was at Burnley, uh, the season that Burnley went up and we just spoiled the party 1-0 uh, in Taft Moor. Uh, but look, there's a, there's a great recipe at Burnley, you know, and Sean Dyche has got is he knows what he wants to do and he's good at getting players to do that for him and it's worked really well and uh, it's not it's not a surprise for me that they're in the Premier League for, for so many years uh, because uh, it's very I think it looks to me like it's a very stable environment and that's where everything starts from being stable and everyone knows what they're working for not over expecting or um, you know, think they're safe or anything. It looks like every year they, they manage somehow to exceed the expectations, mm. if I can put it that way. So I don't, I don't expect Bailey to get relegated this season. Let's hope. Let's, let's hope that's true. <laughs> I really do. So just finally, Demi, is, um, do you see yourself beyond the football uh, goalkeeping coach? Do you? Do you have any designs on on uh, running the side yourself? Well, yeah, I'd like to have a, have a go. Uh, I'd like to be a manager one day. Uh, I think I've got enough experience, not just in the domestic game, but because I've worked abroad as well in different countries. So I, I have a broader uh, view of football. Uh, but, you know, goalkeeping is what I do naturally. I need to get experience uh, in coaching in, in general. So starting from, from this, it's a great learning curve for me. So see how it goes. Yeah, great. Demi, it's been lovely talking to you. I really appreciate your time. I love I love chatting football. I could talk to day about football. So thanks ever so much for coming on the Godcast. I really wish all the best to Hartlepool United. They're a famous old club in the football pyramid and um, it'd be great to see them uh, get up this year. So all the best and... Uh, I said I love to you from uh, down in Lancashire and say to you, Dimmy, thanks for coming on the Godcast. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Bye.